In a world gone mad, only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Jerry Save the World, episode 73. Andrew and Jerry pull the old switcheroo. I'm Andrew Langer. I'm always Jerry Rogers. <laughs> and so glad you could join us. Jerry and I are actually both at the studios of the Conservative Partnership Campus in New York in New York City, in Washington, D.C. today. Uh, Jerry looking like he's doing a major uh, a remote hit on some news service. Gerald, you had a try you had a trying day this morning. Uh, my, what- my, my, my life's like Seinfeld. It really is. I went, I pulled into this lot. I whenever I'm in, in town, I park here and I park. I pulled in, there's no one in the attendant booth, but I park, I walk over, he's not there. I'm waiting, I'm like, hey, anyone here? And then I waited 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Finally, I wrote a note Good. and, and put it into the little door. But now I'm thinking, I hope my car is there when oh, I get out. Oh, your car will be there when you get back. They'll just charge you for it. Then maybe, you, you know, you slip the guy an extra couple of bucks and you'll be fine. Yeah, well, you know, maybe should, I don't know. He should slip me a couple of bucks for my. And you know, I realized this. I had meant to. My 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 uh, my alarm's going to go off when you're doing a one of your rents. I'm going to have to start paying for parking because I yeah. I forgot that I needed to start paying. You for parked parking. right out front. It was that green machine. You know, it's funny. It's that was uh, this morning. I was walking out to my car. I was staying in Alexandria last night, and there were some people who were walking past my car and remarking on my, and I have a couple of big William and Mary uh, decals on the side folks of my big green Toyota Jeep thing that I have and William and Mary plates on my car because I am still a wholly owned subsidiary of the college of William and Mary in Virginia. And then as I drove down the street, I think they were laughing at my car in the window of the restaurant they were in Jerry. It made me very self-conscious. Well, it's a ridiculous vehicle. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, we, <laughs> I'm I, joking. I, I miss I miss my mini, minivan. I think it is improvement over my minivan. So listen, we're, we're here. Uh, we're talking about, listen, I want to talk about the debate. Um, but Jerry and I have been talking quite a bit. We, we did our countdown to election 2024 uh, a couple of weeks back. And we're talking about the chaos that's ensuing. I think we're really seeing this uh, coming to pass. And so I want to start here, Jerry, with this idea of we had this debate. Um, you and I were talking yesterday on uh, the Tony Katz show when I was hosting uh, about President Trump being the foregone conclusion. Uh, Bill Pasco charted a really interesting course for the possibility of Nikki Haley getting the nomination. I don't think that I really don't think that's going to happen, but it is, I suppose, a possibility. But we are facing the prospect of not just um, a third party candidate running, uh, but a fourth party, a fifth party candidate running. And when I say credible, I don't mean that they are, that they can win or that they are credible people, but that they are going to have, they're going to run national campaigns in ways that third party candidates have not been able to run. And they can have a serious impact, which leads to your theory uh, about what might happen in this election. So, so let's, I want you to take it away from there. Well, here's the thing, you know, if, if, if it's Donald Trump, you know, and barring uh, some emergency or health issue, it looks like, or or conviction maybe, it's going to be Donald Trump. And same with Joe Biden. It's going to be Joe Biden. Uh, again, barring some kind of 
uh, he walks out or there's a health well, issue. Well, it's going to be it's going to be Joe Biden at the beginning. We'll get we'll get into this. In yeah, second. we'll get into that. But yeah. right now, right now, it's, it's Trump Biden and uh, RFK Jr. Uh, if he runs as the Democrat, the legacy, the Kennedy, well, then he's going to pick votes away uh, from Joe Biden. He's a bit of an off ramp. There are a lot of Democrats. Look, the poll numbers show us. Nobody wants to vote for Joe Biden. Right. Democrats will vote for him because they hate Donald Trump. But there isn't a big Biden contingency. We're all in on Biden. And that's one thing Trump has right. over Biden, and that is his his supporters will, again, walk over coals to vote right. for him. And so anyway, so RFK Jr., the Democrat, if he runs as that kind of Kennedy Democrat, yeah. he's going to pick votes away. Now, on the other side, you have Republicans, uh, I mean, you know, conservatives, not unlike you and I, we're, you know, we're not the um, Lincoln project type uh, no. or the dispatch or, or any of these groups. But you and I have serious problems with Donald Trump. You and I, and are, Andrew and Jer- you and I are Andrew and Jerry Save the World Andrew, Republicans. Right. And, and, and we have some serious issues with Donald Trump. Uh, but, the, but the fact of the matter is there are a lot who are in our camp and maybe uh, – a Republican no labels candidate, if it's if it's Larry Hogan, Hogan Mansion, if it's someone else that we haven't talked about yet, that could be an off ramp for for Republicans who can't vote for Biden, don't want to vote for Trump, and they vote for him. So therefore, what happens? No one gets the two seventy, and the election is thrown to the House. Now, as someone who loves politics and uh, loves history, uh, this could be great fun. Oh. And who knows what happens? Because remember. Uh, even if Republicans have control of the House, it's still de- it's still state delegations. Yes. So a delegation votes as one, which means there's going to be horse trading. Yeah. And so I wonder, I wonder if a if a Larry Hogan uh, gets gets the nod. Who knows? I mean, my my point is is that it could be great fun. I you know I I get very nervous when we go down this road. Um, you know, it, we are we are at a very fragile time in in the system of American governance. Uh, in terms of the polarization, and not just the polarization, but the violence that people are willing to do against each other individually, right? Not mass violence. Uh, Jerry and I have well, talked I mean, about this. I mean, but no, but I, I, I get your point. You and yeah. I talked about this a little bit yesterday. Yeah, I think you know. And then we talked about it two days ago in the car. We're not going to we're not going to be seeing civil war uh, as such, like we see in uh, in in you know balkanized European countries yes. or or the American civil war. But I tell you what. The new normal uh, for progressives is violence. Right. We, we saw this in 2020 leading up to an election. Uh, they weaponized the George Floyd situation and wreaked havoc. Our culture hasn't recovered from that yet. No. I mean, today, uh, uh, Gallup poll, uh, the Gallup poll show, uh, shows us that a vast majority of Americans everywhere are afraid to walk a mile from their home at night. Yeah. That is a legacy from the George Floyd uh, uh, riots, but also, but more recently, yeah. just going to say this real quick, please, uh, is the uh, the Israel Hamas right. war absolutely uh, has also created a circumstance where you have violence, vandalism, uh, uh, and 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 targeting uh, opponents uh, on the streets of all our major cities and, and our and universities. Let me let me take a step. Actually, it's a step <clears throat> backwards here to pull it to pull it back because you have to remember that for the last at least. 10 years, a basic tenet amongst 
the left has been that speech is a form of violence and violence is a form of speech, right? So the left can get offended and claim that they are physically attacked by the so-called microaggression or macroaggression or whatever that is, but then it is perfectly acceptable in response, right? This is what we're again seeing as folks are trying to uh, uh, trying to justify uh, the Hamas attacks on October 7th. Well, you know, this is just the natural outcropping of the oppression of them, and therefore it's it's justified. But on a on a local level, right? This is how the left excuses the rioting of the the spring and summer of, of 2020. And then when you distill it down into the four years of Donald Trump as well, right? You demonize the other, you demonize Republicans or anybody who disagrees with you. Um, you frankly, this is the problem that I have with what Chris Christie had to say on the debate stage two nights ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, talking about Donald Trump being a dictator. When you essentially are accusing your opponents of being Nazis, and then you say, and anybody who disagrees with you is Nazi, and then you spend four years saying it's okay to punch Nazis, right. um, that's and, a and, that's a problem, and that yeah. anyway leads to this. And that was a, a problem with this debate. I said to to you yesterday on the radio uh, that the debate really was a race for last place. Right. Uh, this is not about. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm not even sure what the point of this last debate was. Uh, it, there, there was very little substance. Look, and we got two more, guy, Jerry. By the way, we got two more of these debates coming up I know. in January. The, but the substance guy, the guy with the policy chops, is DeSantis. Yes. Uh, there, there are uh, personality and 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 how he presents himself, criticisms. But the fact of the matter is, this guy is right on most policy issues. Right. Uh, he also has a good personal story. Uh, his wife, his children. Uh, you know, he played baseball. Uh, uh, up through college, was a captain of his Yale, of his Yale uh, baseball team. This is a Harvard grad, a Yale grad. This is someone who, after 9-11, I'm talking about DeSantis now, yes. uh, 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 joined the military, uh, and also someone uh, who doesn't have, wasn't a political conservative, he wasn't philosophical about politics right. until he uh, got to college. You know, he saw Americans as Americans. Here, and then he got to college, and he, and he was confronted with this progressive movement that actually caused him to respond, you know, and my, my point is this, and that is uh, Chris Christie, I don't understand why he says Trump dictator, because what happens uh, in, 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 you know, in, uh, 2024 when Chris Christie's on the campaign trail campaigning for Trump? Right. Right. You called him a dictator. It's like Kamala Harris, well, I don't, right? I don't, when she I don't said, when she said Joe Biden was a racist. Thing is, I don't particularly think Chris Christie would be out on the campaign trail for Donald Trump in 2024. My, well, then, I, but yeah. that, but see, that's part of the problem. And that's part of the and, problem. And you I and I have talked you about this. Yeah. If Trump's going to be the nominee, and again, you and I don't want him to be the nominee, but if he's the nominee, we can't have four more years of high inflation, of, of China being reckless and aggressive, of, 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 of energy prices through the roof. Uh, I mean, and, and, and on and on and on. The last, the Biden administration is a, is a template on how to destroy the economy. I mean, yes. we can't go forward with this. Whether 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 from within or from without, or whether on purpose or or you know by design let, or by accident. Sorry, go ahead. Let yes. me just let me just add yeah. this for our viewers in terms of the hard numbers. Gallup uh, polling, NBC polling, uh, the Real Clear uh, Politics average polling. Uh, the American people think that Biden has failed on the economy, failed on foreign policy, failed on Middle East, failed on Ukraine. It, it, and, and the numbers are, he's he's in the, it's just, he's tanking on all of right. this. 
and also his his disapproval is I think what is it nine it's record levels nineteen point negative nineteen yeah the American people don't want Joe Biden yes and so therefore um, uh, the, the Chris Christie's so Chris Christie wants Joe Biden this is this is what, my point well, this is this, this is, is my this point is again, my point is you can't right. call the guy a dictator uh, Trump. Because then, what does that mean? It's, it's, right, we're going to have Joe Biden. Gets, right, this gets into this gets into the, the 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 problems that we had back during the 2020 election, where we were talking about um, uh, some of our good friends on the right who were just trashing Donald Trump, trashing Donald Trump. You know, again, the answer is, well, what happens? You know, is it, so does that mean you're going to vote for Joe Biden? They were saying, no. You know, we're just going to stay home because that's that's the right thing to do. Right, well, that's again. why this election could go to the House, yeah. because this election, maybe Manchin or Hogan or RFK Jr., uh, gives those never Trumpers, gives them an off ramp. Sure. Right. And, and, you know, and, and, and again, I mean, let's be let's be really clear here. Now, I don't I can't say this about Cornell West. I can't say this necessarily about RFK Jr. Um, I do know that a president, Joe Manchin, a president. Uh, a president, uh, Larry Hogan, God forbid. Um, and again, this is not me endorsing any of them. Uh, a president, Donald Trump, a president, Nikki Haley, a president, Chris Christie, any of these people, president Ron DeSantis, any of these people would be better than Joe Biden in office, um, you know, out of the whole hierarchy here. Uh, but so long as we have Joe Biden and, oh, oh and let me say better than, I'm actually, I, I may need to hedge this. Better than just about any Democrat that the Democrats might put up there of the of the Democrats that are considered as possible successors to Joe Biden, uh, Westmore, Gavin Newsom, Michelle Obama, Josh Shapiro, um, any of these Gretchen, folks, Gretchen Whitmer, Gretchen Whitmer, you know, uh, any of the Republicans would be a better president. Not great. Right. We would we would get back to days where we were cutting deals and 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 all of those things. Um, but they would be better than a pure Joe Biden presidency. Um, yeah. And, and, but the, but the problem is you can only vote for the candidates that are actually running for office. Um, and, and this is the, listen, these are the gymnastics that Jerry and I went through during the 2016 election, not to take words out of your mouth, Jerry, but we wrote the op-ed uh, about it. And the idea was the question is, and this is the question that came up. Um, the question is, uh, 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 if you vote for the lesser of two evils, you're still aiding and abetting evil. And my answer to that is no, you can't look at it that way. If you are not voting for the lesser of two evils because you think one of them is evil, and in doing so, the greater evil gets elevated to office, you've done the wrong thing. You know, you, you've got to prevent evil, true evil, the worst evil from taking hold. Uh, just Let because me, you don't like the guy's hair or the fact that he can he he can bluster around on a stage, that's no reason not to vote for somebody who, on eighty percent of the issues, is is dealing with them the way you want him to. All right, let let, let, let me say it a different way. Okay. Because unfortunately, since two thousand twenty, um, really since the COVID COVID hit, um, Donald Trump has made poor policy decisions. Prior to that, my goodness, the economy on jobs, on wages, on foreign policy, on China, 
on the Middle East, on, on, uh, on, on Israeli uh, policy. Remember, there was no war in Ukraine when Trump was president. Right. There was no war in the Middle East when Trump was president. Inflation, when Trump left office in January of 2000, I'm sorry, January of 2021, inflation was at 1.2%. Right. Uh, it, 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 it quickly, it quickly under the Biden rules and policies and his administration, uh, went to 9%, record 40-year highs inflation. Let me tell you something. Most Americans under the age of 45, Andrew, yeah. inflation is something they read about in a textbook. Absolutely, 100%. And so now they're experiencing this inflation. And I'm sorry for our friends on the left. This is Joe Biden. Yes, yes. The war in Ukraine, yes, supply chain issues. I had to explain this before. Supply, we didn't have a breakdown of the supply chain. We had pockets of supply chain issues. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it didn't cause inflation. What caused inflation were the energy policies and the, and the, uh, and the fiscal policies of the Biden administration. But my point is, is that prior to COVID, Donald Trump made wise policy decisions right. on every front. COVID hits and he lost his mojo. Yeah. He started to second guess himself, second guess himself. He should have opened up the economy or he should have used the federal purse strings to get states to reopen. He hedged on that. Um, he would go out for these press conferences and ramble on about what he heard in the in the meeting right before the press conference. And then, of course, the election. He never gave he never gave a uh, a, a coherent. This is how the election was stolen. I'm yeah. still waiting. For, I'm still waiting for him to explain how the election was stolen. You and I have talked about how yes. it was rigged in terms of big tech and censorship and all the rest of it. Uh, but he never talks about that. Uh, and then, of course, there was the Georgia problem. Right. Uh, then the, the, uh, January 6th, you know, it was a mob attack. Uh, uh, I think the Democrats, progressives, the media have overplayed their hand, calling it an insurrection because they want to other uh, their political opponents. But uh, Trump did very little that day uh, to ease the tension. And then, of course, since then, he he uh, 2022 midterms. Everything he's done since 2020 has been the reverse Midas touch. My yeah. point in saying that is that I I don't want him to be the nominee. Okay, so let I, me ask you this. Hold on. Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna uh hold hold your question because that was a long way for me to say this. The reason why I will vote for him if he's the nominee, right? The lesser of two evils is because we live in a republic. Yes, and we there are rules in place. Right. The reason why Trump and January 6th was not an insurrection is because our government is designed right. to, to, to go forward. So the reason why Americans can vote for the lesser of two evils, because the system's not evil. Right. The system well, works. Yes, the system the, works. The, I'm not right, going to say the right. system is an evil, but yes, I. I but no, yeah. look, the, I don't think the American system's evil. In fact, no, that's what the I left agree. says. Yes. There's a reason why the left wants to delegitimize de the Electoral College and the, and the idea court system, that. And yes, I. I exactly agree right, but, because they want but, because so me, because the, yeah. Well, let me ask you this, Jerry. So so, it comes down to. Nikki Haley and Donald Trump, because I know you're not a fan of Nikki Haley these days. I've I've had my issues with her. Who do you vote for between Nikki Haley and Donald Trump in a primary? Nikki Haley. Oh, okay. All right. That's good to know. That's all right. I, now, I, let, let, I'm actually kind however, of surprised that that's your answer. But let me say this. Yeah. I think Nikki Haley's wrong on uh, wanting to out anonymous speech on social media. I think she's, I, I think she's troublesome on China. 
I think that her idea that the like the like the government should stay out of 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 issues like a twelve year olds wanting to have transgendered operations. I think she's wrong on a lot, but um, but I'm, I'm I again, Donald Trump in my mind has disqualified himself not not because of the reasons the left gives. But because of the reasons I what I just yeah, laid so, out, so it's interesting know. because. Um, but I'll vote for Trump in the general. Well, no, and, and that's and that's a, that's a, that's a very important point again because any of the Republicans, including Donald Trump, would be better than than Joe Biden as president of the United States. You know, I, it, I thought about you yesterday, Andrew. Okay. Uh oh. So I'm at this meeting, um, and Charlie Cook is giving a talk on on polling and the elections and, and such. And you're thinking, why, Andrew, I should be listening to Andrew do this. Well, I'm always thinking that. Yeah, but what I thought about was, Andrew, I, I thought about that uh, at the end of his talk, you know, this is all, D, you know, D, it's a DC audience. Yes. And they're coming to me and they're like, Jerry, Jerry, like under their breath whispering, yeah. if Trump's a nominee, I'm going to vote for him. Yeah. But it's the same as in 2016. People are going to vote for Trump but not tell, but not tell anybody. <laughs> do you think, you know, do you think that the schism, uh, the, the, the COVID schism between Trump and some of the uh, evangelicals and some of the really strong anti-vax, and I don't mean that in the traditional anti-vax, but folks who were deeply concerned by yeah. the folks who were concerned about how Trump handled the handled COVID and engaged in lockdowns. Do you think that schism is healed? I'm inclined to think that it largely has. That a lot of those I, folks I, are coming back to the Trump fold. I think I'm not sure if it's healed, but I think it's not going to matter at the end of the day. Right. Uh, uh, if, if you're if you're if you're pro life, if you're a conservative Christian, you can't pull the trigger for a Democrat on the national level. Oh, yes. They 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 have just gone off the deep end. So let's talk about this switcheroo. So which is this idea? Then we've mentioned it a little bit before, but I think. I have been floating it around to people, and 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 they've been agreeing with this possibility. Um, that and it, and let me let me sort of set this up. The idea is that sometime after the Democratic National Convention, which I think the Republicans go first this time around, I don't remember who goes first, um, but sometime between the end of the Democratic National Convention and the start of early voting, uh, when when it is very clear that the Republicans have Donald Trump as their nominee, and it's much more difficult for the Republicans to switch out their nominee than it is for the Democrats. All it takes is a majority vote of the members, the voting members of the Democratic National Committee. They will switch out Joe Biden, and it has to happen before early voting starts. They want to because they want to make sure all of their ducks are in a row there and get everybody up and enthusiastic. Um, this. Again, further, well, I don't know, maybe it, maybe it decomplicates things, um, but it is yet another wrinkle in this in this election, right? That's what we're calling the old switcheroo, isn't it, Jerry? Talk about what happened in New Jersey. Well, uh, in New Jersey, uh, years ago, Doug Forrester was the Republican nominee. He was a business person, and he had great traction uh, yes. uh, in, in, a, in a very blue state. Um, he was doing well. Campaign Torricelli, being managed, by the way, by our good friend Bill Pasco. And, and Doug Forrester was doing well. Polling was good. And then, um, and Torricelli was a candidate. He was a longtime congressman from New Jersey. And Torricelli uh, had some ethical issues. Yeah. And, 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 the put polling was, and the polling was bad. And the Democrats just knocked him off the ballot. Yeah. And it was against the law. Right. Literally against the law. But a corrupt New Jersey Supreme Court 
made up some kind of, you know, something that didn't exist in the law about yeah. fairness and about being, you know, the Democrats being properly represented. And so they put uh, they put Frank Lautenberg back in, right. who was a retired senator. He was he was you know in his I think his eighties perhaps, and uh, and the Frank, Democrats Frank Lautenberg stole, who is Democrats, who, had, who had himself defeated an an aging uh, Millicent Fenwick, as I recall. Yes, that's right. But anyway, yeah. so um, and so so Lautenberg stole the election. The Democrats essentially stole what would have been a, a, a GOP pickup. Yes. Now fast forward to two thousand twenty four. Uh, Democrats want to win, and yes. frankly, I think they want to win more than Republicans want to win. You know, we're 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 seeing that now. Republicans in the House just got rid of George Santos, that wackadoo. Yes, but he's a wackadoo that wasn't convicted, and now you've set the precedent that if you don't like somebody, if they're crazy, you can just throw them out of Congress. Right. And guess what the Democrats are going to do with that? Number one, number two, uh, 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 McCarthy has now resigned. Uh, again, stick it out a year. Absolutely. But again, but but the, I think the Republicans care less about winning, and and so therefore, or or they 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 care about winning less than Democrats. Democrats will do anything, which goes to the the switcheroo. It gets to the issue of of the holding on to power. Power is everything for the Democrats. Yes. And so the, yeah, sorry, go ahead. So the the, the switcheroo. What's going to happen is um, Trump gets the nominee, is the nominee, then Democrats uh, will dump. Biden and they'll do it in a in a very you know for health reasons right. he'll, he'll walk away and then of course they'll they'll put someone else in. I think it's going to be Westmore. Right, right. Jerry Jerry said Westmore. I think Westmore, Michelle Obama, somebody of. But but to me, it really it, it doesn't. In the end, it doesn't matter. It may, we can make these predictions. What'll happen is the 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 uh, the mandarins of the Democratic National Committee they will do some polling, some surreptitious polling, and whichever. You know, lower yes. level, you know, second runner up to Joe Biden is polling the strongest against Donald Trump. That's who they will put in. So it could Absolutely. be any any of the above. It, 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 it'll be about a moment in time, because also, by the way, it matters to a certain extent who that Democratic standard bearer is. But because they are all just so close together, you know, despite G Gavin Newsom trying to run towards the middle uh, in his debate with DeSantis last week, which was insane. It'll never um, be, it'll never be that guy. Yeah, it, it, yes, absolutely. But so all of the Democrats are, you know, just a, a hair's width apart from one another. And so any of them yeah. gets in and that's, that's who they're going to be. Actually, Jerry, as a corollary to this, nothing has surprised me more. And, and this is not me hero worshiping. I have to say this every time, because Jerry also goes into his rant. We can't, pick heroes. We can't, you know, we, we have to remember what everybody has done, but I have been nevertheless surprised by the lucidity of the junior Senator from Pennsylvania, John Fetterman in recent weeks, uh, not only going after Menendez, but just yesterday saying, we need to do something about the border. There's a problem here. This is, this is not sustainable. Um, and, and what, and what's more, John Fetterman has said just recently uh, there's a uh, there's several articles. Uh, 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 one in the Washington Examiner that's that's excellent. He said, "Let Israel win." Yeah, Israel right. has to win. I mean, John Fetterman on three issues, on on telling the truth about Senator Menendez from New Jersey and his corruption, on on the border. It looks like he's evolving uh, uh, some kind of credible uh, understanding of what's happening at the border. But on Israel, I'm telling you right now. Yeah. On Israel, I'm not sure if a Senator Oz 
would have been this strong Probably. on Israel. That's a, that's so a, that's maybe a there's a point. purpose for John Fetterman. I don't know. Listen, I'm I'm wondering what it's going to take, and when the Democrats are going to st- the Democratic Party machine is going to start to uh, raise their own questions about uh, Fetterman's mental acuity in, well, in you know, light let, of these let, positions. That, that's very interesting. There's look there. Everyone talks about the chaos and the splits in the Republican Party, and we see it right. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, and over at Liberal Patriot, if you haven't uh, looked at Liberal Patriot, Liberal Patriot is a is a uh, left of center Democrat uh, 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 Substack. Got it. And they have a really good piece today talking about how the Democrats are losing the working class. Yeah. They're losing their coalition. And I'm telling you, John Fetterman, he won with the old school Democrat coalition. Sure. Of kind of blue collar workers and, and union workers uh, and, and traditional, you know, traditional issues for the Democrats. I mean, again, I'm not saying this, but it's interesting. Is is who's the future of the Democratic Party? Is it Newsom and Westmore, progressive to the core, or is it Fetterman, who is a throwback perhaps uh, to a traditional liberalism? Well, I mean, he's a liberal. I, yes, I'm not sure. You know, but who, that's going to be an interesting fight. But, I, the but I, and, Party. I, and I think if I'm if I'm sort of looking at the the tea leaves, that in the end the John Fettermans of the world won't survive. Right down the road. Now, I don't think you know. I think they'll let him be John Fetterman and let him go out and do what he does. Um, they're not going to go down the road of trying to kick him out or anything. Hey. Yes. No, Andrew. In our lifetime, you know, uh, I thought about this. The last time a Democrat had such bad polling numbers was eighty. Yeah, was Jimmy Carter. Yeah. And really, uh, the nineteen eighty election was a realignment. Yes. It was the first time my parents voted for a Republican. Yeah. And we all know about the Reagan Democrats. I wonder if 2024, and if not 2024 because of all the weirdness of it, 2028, are we going to see another realignment? Everyone says that the, the, the GOP will never go back to the McCain-Romney days, that those days are over, yeah. that the party has evolved into something different. And I wonder if, if it continues to evolve into a populist party, the working class party, I wonder all those de- liberal Democrats who are working class, hard hat, you know, mom and pop shop owners, if they're going to uh, move uh, to the Republican Party. Well, this this is where it gets really interesting in terms of the possibility of a four or five way presidential race, because that's where it really happens that and this maybe we should bring on um, Ron Rappaport from William & Mary to talk about to talk about this. Right. You look at who were the constituencies in the reform party back in 2000 and back in 92 and 96 and how some of those folks morphed into the tea party folks in 2010, 2011, 2012. Um, but the real issue, right. Is because you, you, the, the points you raise, it gets into who are we talking about in terms of a no labels candidate, right? A non-Trump Republican candidate. We're not talking about a blue collar someone who appeals to a working class, you know, moderate. We're talking about a Larry Hogan or a Mitt Romney. Joe Manchin, not a Republican. Joe Manchin probably appeals to a working class person, certainly more than a Mitt Romney or a uh, uh, or a Larry Hogan. Um, they're going after the educated suburban right, but, women. But the thing. only Sorry. pushback is, and you, you know I'm a critic of Larry Hogan. I know, 100%. Most. You and I both are. But Larry Hogan was successful in Maryland a deep blue state 
because he was able to attract working class Democrats. Yeah, I mean, I think I I, I think that's true, but I, I I don't think that Larry Hogan on the national stage quite has that cachet. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question now. You asked me Trump or Nikki Haley, right? And I, in a primary, I said Nikki Haley. Yeah. Although if you said Nikki Haley or DeSantis, I'd say DeSantis. I would say DeSantis, yes. Um, On on election day. All right. You have a choice. Here are your choices. All right. RFK Jr. Yeah. Donald Trump. Larry Hogan. Joe Biden. Donald Trump. Right. I mean, to me, to me, it's it's simple and straightforward. It's I appreciated what Donald Trump did as president before. Uh, I appreciate what he's uh, uh, you know, I I appreciate the possibility of what he's going to bring in and do next. The folks who may be able to go back. I don't know that I you know, all I know is Larry Hogan did two terms as governor of Maryland. And apart from getting rid of the tolls on the Chesapeake Bay Bridge, I don't I couldn't tell you what Larry Hogan accomplished in terms of creating a more conservative free market limited government democratic. Well, Larry Hogan got himself reelected. That's what Yes, that's 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 the thing. So, you know, I at least know that on my most important issue. And again, I you can say What is your most important issue? Regulatory issues. For me, okay. it's it's it's, yeah, it's yeah. the regulatory state, the, the growth of the administration of state. Yes. You know, Donald Trump kept regulatory costs, you know, the regulatory costs only grew by about 2% under Donald Trump in the four years that he was president of the United States. Now, I know Larry Hogan did some regulatory reform, but I don't think Larry Hogan has that record in Maryland. So anyway, okay. so that's, that's you know, that's... that's I, I, yeah. I, 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 good answer. Yeah, thank not, you. Not a wrong answer. I'm just All right. good for you. But, why will let's, but I, I would think you would vote for Donald Trump over Larry Hogan. Well, you know, listen, I, I, w- I was telling a story about my first vote for, 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 for Trump um, in 2016, and I literally went to the voting station not knowing what I was going to do. Interesting. I mean, I, was, I, I wasn't going to vote for Joe Biden. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wasn't going to vote for um, Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Uh, but I had a hard time pushing that Trump button the first time. Well, of course, in Maryland, that, it doesn't quite matter because. Right. And I did, you know, and I voted, I voted, you know, I voted for him in 2020. I voted for Trump twice. Um, I just think that the way our, here, your most important issue is is the regulatory issue, right? For me, it's more of the cultural issues, sure, uh, and the uh, and the identity politics that's overtaking. Look, I think diversity, equity, inclusion uh, 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 regime is undermining the country, right? Uh, I, 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 look, I think this. You know, I, I'm so long winded today. You have to, I have to apologize, but it's the Erica environment, is, Jerry. I understand this. Eric is complaining about how people are so reckless on the roads. Yes. Literally passing on the highway and, and these sorts of things. Oh, they're, 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 they're playing with my, my backpack. That's my all right. Backpack. I see it. That's our idea. Just, you but uh, anyway, whoa, what, what, where am I? But anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, I told Erica, a lot of this is a, is a trickle down impact from, from, uh, from the George Floyd incident. Sure. Okay. I, I, I want to say something that's provocative. Yeah. Um, that officer, the, 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 the move that he used, the restraining, uh, move that he used, he was trained to do that. Yes, of course. Okay. Uh, it turns out, uh, uh, from the medical examiner's office that, uh, he wasn't choked to death. There was no damage to his neck or, 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 um, or, or internal, uh, structures that he died from an overdose. Yeah. Now. 
be that as it may. Let, let, let legal folks figure all that out. But essentially, this man, George Floyd, was high on drugs, had a criminal background, was violent in the past, went that morning or that day and committed another crime. He refused lawful orders. He was, he was, he was ODing or he was high on drugs. And, 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 then, and then we know what happened. He tragically right. lost his life. From that, we have turned upside down our policing and law enforcement. The defund the police movement is now the movement. And you have chaos in our cities. Right. You have, there is a, a, a carjackings, retail theft. Uh, again, I told you already, Gallup poll. The majority of Americans are afraid to walk one mile away from their home. But this is a trickle-down effect. And, I, and, and frankly, I've talked to police officers. There's a reason why people are driving crazy on the roads. Because the cops aren't doing anything about right. it. And so we have this trickle-down civics that has corrupted our culture. And that's the most important. So culture is right. the most important well, listen, issue to me. And, and, and let, me, let me add to this, this story uh, on this and, and, and add, a little, add a little flavor, add a little bouillon into the, into the studio put together. By the way, I know that, that the cops aren't there. Um, but they will only be there if I start driving recklessly. As soon as I start I, driving look, recklessly. But Andrew, no, they, look, I've talked to no, no, no. I'm just police who have told yeah. me that they they'll pull you over if you are a soccer mom. Right. Oh, well, there you go. Okay, that's that's yeah. a good point. So, story out of Baltimore, Jerry, uh, one of our favorite places to talk about because you're still doing radio in Baltimore, and I sadly am, am not. Um, <laughs> Getting, not, not only doing radio, I'm doing great radio with great ratings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Touche. Um, big story out of the banner. Uh, Baltimore's, uh, Baltimore's buildings are crumbling because of urine. Have you heard this? Yes, I did. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. so um, you know, it's, it, it, if Brandon Scott, who, again, can't seem the to do anything. Mayor, mayor of Baltimore can't seem to do anything right. The latest story is that literally Baltimore's buildings are crumbling because people are peeing on them so much. I mean, this is exactly what you're talking about in terms of the collapse of civil society. Yes, exactly and, right. And, and, and in a very literal sense, right? The figurative sense in terms of the civil part and then the literal sense in terms of the collapse. Um, San Francisco, we've talked about. San Francisco, you know, it's not just the poop on the streets and the app that has the poop map on it. Um so what well, you need to, need to wave me away there? No, don't, don't say you poop. don't you want don't you, don't you want anyway? But the point is, remember they had light towers, light posts that were falling over because they were peeing because uh, uh, people were peeing on them. But this too is much. my point: there's a yes. complete breakdown yeah. in civil society, and a lot of this has to do with cultural events like the George Floyd incident, uh, but also now more recently the Middle East war. The left is yeah. using these as excuses for chaos, to undermine our institutions. Uh, and, uh, and, and again, uh, uh, I'm not sure. I worry if Donald Trump's the guy over the next four years to bring some kind of civility back. That's a very good point. Actually, do me a favor and expound. Well, I'm going to expound on that for you. What Jerry is saying is that as important as it is for these policy positions to take hold and the things that we do that are substantive, because we know that the 2024 campaign on either side, regardless of who the nominees are, right, even if it's not Joe Biden versus Donald Trump, the entire 2024 election is going to be about Donald Trump. Um, but if Donald Trump manages to get reelected, 
Uh, and while his administration is focusing on dealing with substantive issues, right? Let's just let's say they run the table and they're able to attract a bunch of qualified, good qualified people back to run these agencies and be in the senior posts in those agencies. The outside attacks on Donald Trump, the chaos that is going to be fomented is going to make it impossible for the nation to come together with any kind of civility towards right. each other. And that this descent, further descent into chaos, well, it will further descend. I mean, it's, you know, it's a, right. it's, anyway, go ahead. Our, our, our challenge is, is that we've always had differences and very serious differences, but they've been differences in degree. Yes. We're now seeing differences in kind. You have progressives who believe America is a rotten, racist, systemic, right. uh, a, a, a systemic racist country. They want to get rid of an independent judiciary. They want to get rid of the electoral college. They want to get rid of the Senate as it is uh, a one, you know, one, you know, two votes per state, large or small. Uh, they, they, they don't trust the Congress. Uh, there's all kinds of Jerry. You didn't of, silence your phone. It's not my phone. It's uh, it's the it's someone else's. Oh, there you go. All right. Pretend it's not happening. I have my own pretend. Sorry. So we have producers today. Yes. But but regardless, um, I'm not sure if I'm not sure if if four more years of Donald Trump, what it's going to do to the fabric of our culture. Let me let me speaking of the fabric of our culture, um, because it's it's also right. There's there's been a concerted effort over the last sixty years, six decades to undermine American culture. And and we've talked about it ad nauseum. I don't want to add to it. I don't want to sort of go through that history now. But the latest battlefront, let me introduce this today, Jerry. I didn't realize that Rob Reiner, now Rob Reiner, who- Meathead. Host, yeah, Meathead, uh, who hosted a really great interview documentary with Albert Brooks, the comedian Albert Brooks. Yeah, because, because Brooks and his father were best friends. They were best right? friends, and so the two of them have been best Carl, friends. Since Carl they were Reiner. Kids. Carl yes. Reiner. So, so I'm, I'll be real quick. Carl Reiner, a, a genius comedian, best friends with Mel Brooks, and um, uh, Harry Einstein, who was, uh, I know that sounds like a made-up name, he was a famous comedian named Park Your Carcass, who was kind of famous for his Greek, his, his Greek immigrant character of Park Your Carcass. Uh, who right. famously died, I think it was at a roast of Lucille Ball in Hollywood. He did his set, killed, literally, then sits down at the dais and slumps over and dies. Did wow. you know? I don't know if you knew that story. I, so, I think I heard that through you. All right. Rob Reiner um, and Albert Brooks were best friends growing up. And Albert Brooks, whose real name is Albert Einstein. Imagine going through life like that. So, Rob Reiner does this great interview with Albert Brooks. It's available on HBO Max or Max, whatever the hell it's called right now. And so I'm like, okay, this is really good. I could talk about this. He did a great job talking to his best friend. He's got this new movie out. Have you seen the trailer for this, Jerry? I have not. It is about Christian nationalism. It is a documentary about Christian nationalism. And so we've just gone through the last two months in which the left has been lecturing America's Jews about being good Jews. And you can only be a good Jew in America if you agree that Gaza, or that Hamas, or that the Palestinians have a right to exist, and that genocide is bad, and that Israel's an apartheid state. Those are the good Jews. Anybody who leaves differently is a bad Jew. Now they're going to lecture to America's Christians. Rob Reiner, who's an atheist, is going to lecture to America's Christians about what it means to be a good Christian in America. Sorry, go ahead. And, 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 but this goes to the cultural uh, Yes, this is why I bring it up have. now. And, and the, the fact of the matter is, is that, look, we know that the violence 
is mostly a progressive problem. Yes. Uh, crime, uh, the, the policies and criminal, criminal uh, justice right now is governed by the left, and we have chaos and crime in our cities. But more than that, you see it with these pro-Hamas rallies, the violence and the chaos. We saw it in 2020, the violence and the chaos, the storming of federal buildings, the storming of the White House, the burning of a church. Right. I mean, we witnessed the, the, the violence of the left. And so what happens is the left really is uh, using violence as a political uh, cudgel. Like, I mean, again, I, I, like the Nazis did. Yes. I mean, literally like the Nazis did. Yes. And so they're rioting and they're, uh, they, they, look, just, uh, just the other day, uh, uh, beating up people who look like they're Jewish. Right. Yes. Hey, there's well, a Jew. I mean, but, but again, and, and again, going back to the summer of 2020, you know, you talk about these tactics you know, and and part of the problem was, of course, the the magical thinking on the part of many folks who just Jerry and I've spent a lot of time talking about this because it used to be that you could be left alone if you disagreed, and then <laughs> before right. Donald Trump got elected, we started to see the beginnings of the concept of you will be made to care, right? The idea that now they can force their opinions on you. In the summer of 2020, right? If you you would you you would get surrounded by the mobs. And if you didn't engage in the incantation of the right words, you know, say the magical right. spell. We saw this at it, restaurants, it was, they forcing yes. little kids to pledge allegiance to the to, to the wokeness. Right. But, but and again, the, the point here is the left must deflect. Yes. And so you get you get like um, Serpent Head, uh, uh, Mary Matlin's husband. Oh, uh, James Carville. James Carville saying that. Um, saying that uh, uh, Speaker Mike Johnson, a Christian, is more dangerous than ISIS. Right. You get you get Rob Reiner doing uh, a documentary on the danger of Christian nationalism. Yes. I'm telling you, where do these things exist? Because when I see the riots in New York or Harvard or out in San Francisco and Philadelphia, if I uh, uh, in, 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 in right here in Maryland, you had the the hate commission, uh, the head of CARE, right? Yes. The um, the Council on America Islamic Relations. Yes. The founder of CARE cheered what happened on October seventh. Yes. Here in Maryland, or in Maryland, you have uh, this uh, the CARE director, the head of CARE, uh, talking about uh, uh, favoring genocide, killing Jews, and these folks are allowed in our, in in the White House, and they're allowed in the governor's office, and they're allowed in all these places, and, but yet but yet we're going to have Rob Reiner talk about. And, and Christian that's nationalism? just it. It becomes a massive smokescreen. It where, it, it, I'm sorry, Andrew. I, I, I'm, I'm, where are the Christians <laughs> rioting? Where, 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 where is it? Where is it happening? Like we have, I, I said this to you the, the other day, every day in America now, or at least weekly, we have a mini or, or a massive uh, Charlottesville. Right. We have, we have modern day, literal modern day Nazis, pro-Hamas Jew haters uh, calling for violence and genocide. And, and 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 Rob Reiner wants to talk about Christian nationalism. Exactly, this that's, is insane. That, that, that that's exactly it. It is it is a smokescreen for them. It is all about when you demonize the other, right? And you and and by the way, you have the media, uh, most of the media, able to propagandize um, against you. And um, sometimes, Andrew, it's not just even the yes, you're right, propaganda, but it's also the sin of omission. Well, yes, of course. But yes, They're not same covering thing. It's narrative. These stories. When I when I talk about this, Jerry, when I when I talk about propagandizing, it's narrative making, 
right? So it's it's a you make a narrative by promoting certain stories, you make a narrative by spinning other stories, and then you create a narrative by burying other stories, right? This is the Arno de Borshkov, the spike right. concept. You spike certain stories because they don't fit your narrative. Um, and, and so you go down this road um, and and it, it allows them to, again, demonize the other. It, it, let's, let's, you know, let's pull it back. Get back to what you were we were talking about earlier, which is what happens if this goes to the 2024 election goes to the House. And I you and I when we talked about this the other day, I wondered about, OK, so we've just gone through a situation in which you had one side of the electorate very, very unhappy about the way that the presidential election went. Um, they went and they were protesting outside of Congress. The 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 protest turned violent and they went inside. And we've just spent the last three, uh, almost three years prosecuting anybody who was anywhere, basically anywhere near the Capitol Not uh, even, on January right? 6th. Some of, the, some of the harshest sentences for January 6th uh, uh, were uh, given to folks who weren't even in Washington, D.C. It's a very good point. And so so yeah. in, in the end, right, this is this gives you the, the, the cover to sort of say, OK, it's the other side that is engaging in this while burying the idea that it's your side that is engaging in this kind of political violence on a daily basis and literally harming people, right? We spend a lot of time talking about January 6th, 2021. We spend no time talking about what happened in front of the White House. And I think it was May of 2020 or June of 2020, where folks were literally trying to breach the White House grounds. Right. And you can only imagine what the leftists would have done had they gotten into the West Wing and the president and or his family had been there. They burnt down a police station in Minnesota. You know, it's and it's, occupied it. You know, it's it's the it's left. interesting, right? Because you know, I am going to expound on this for a second, because you and I spent a lot of time at the beginning of the show talking about the republic living on, um, and we know that we know that what kind of violence could have been done to President Trump, Vice President Pence, uh, any of President Trump's family members or the staff that might be have been in the West Wing or might have been in the White House complex had that complex been able to be breached. But the reality is, and this is what's important to understand, is that the republic lives on. Um, and, and and I say this because and, this is why we have to have faith in, in the, but in and, the, right, in the and, republic and this, Again, this is why the left is going after American institutions, American history, American traditions, American principles, the Constitution, the Declaration, because they want, because you're right, what shields us from tyranny isn't one man in the i i love it when bill crystal or the lincoln project or nbc news says that or or liz cheney or was it liz cheney yeah liz cheney liz cheney will say believe trump when he says he'll never leave office he's a dictator there's no mechanism for him to do that right unless he has an army behind him yes what protects us against a person refusing to leave the White House is the, the American system. But the left is purposefully trying to discredit and delegitimize the American political system. Right. Right. It's because why? Why? Because they want to be, frankly, they want to have a tyranny. They and, want and to me, suspend yes, the elections. And, and, and again, now I will go back through a history lesson that I haven't done in a very, very long time. This is why in the wake of abuses of power, 
under the Johnson administration and the Nixon administration, when Democrats had the chance to reform those institutions, and they did some, and they and they curtailed some of the powers, they didn't really shrink the size and scope of, of federal government and federal power in people's everyday lives. They, in fact, expanded on it. Why? Because they want that power. It's all about right. power for the Democrats. And, and to come back to what Chris Christie said at the debate on Wednesday night, I will say this again. I've said it before. You cannot be a dictator and be actively working to shrink the size and scope of your power and the size of your government and the scope of your power in people's everyday lives. That is the opposite of being a dictator. That is someone who is trying to give people more power in their own lives. That's and again, that's, again, how Joe Biden is sitting in the White House today. And we know that his Department of Justice, we know that his Homeland Security we know that the FBI have all, have colluded with private interests in business uh, to censor and violate the free uh, the, the the Second Amendment rights of uh, the First Amendment rights of, of Americans. Right, the Democrats, uh, we, progressives hate the First Amendment. They hate the Second right. Amendment. But the thing is, is that we have someone in office right now, who, in a very real sense, is attacking the the civil rights of American citizens. Right, uh, and and he's doing it in plain sight. And where's the outrage? Why, why? Again, this is what bothered me about the debate. I mean, we'll come full circle. No, no, we'll of course. End so where, that's, that's, that's we'll the end point. Where, well, we'll, we also, we'll I don't want to end there because we got I want to spend a couple minutes talking about Hunter Biden, but go ahead. All right, well, so, so here's the thing. Because we can't so, ignore that story, Jerry. What bothers me order. about these four debates thus far is that they, sh all the, these, these men and yes. women should have been talking about the entire time how Joe Biden is a threat to the republic. Right. And 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 use real examples and use this as a as a mechanism a means to educate the American people. The fact is is that they're not there trying to take Trump out. They're not even trying to win the nomination. They're just trying to knock each other down. That's exactly right. So there's no point to it. Yes. Right. You each know? one should be each one should be explaining some aspect of of how they would be different and they would better society. In fact, yes, you know, to to her credit, this is what Kellyanne Conway said yesterday morning on Fox, where she said not one of them went through. And even you know, DeSantis, who you like and I like, and I, I I'm not going to say who I'm going to be voting for, because that whenever I get I, I start to support somebody, they go they go uh, to cloud cuckoo land. What do you what do you say? Your your, your phrase is cuckoo Charlie. Uh, cuckoo Charlie. They go full cuckoo Charlie, and wackadoo. And so, wackadoo. So I just I don't I don't I don't I'm not doing it anymore. Um, but that's just it. How would how would any of them make your life a better place? Uh, instead, we just got this this nonsense uh, about why you know Nikki Haley is corrupt and why you shouldn't insult Nikki Haley. And anyway, it's just it's it's all it's it's all of a piece. Um, Hunter, Hunter Biden. Hunter Jerry. Biden. Yeah, new uh, new in, new indictment, fifty page indictment. I know. I, I, again, I'll have a contrarian view on this. Uh -huh. The fact of the matter is, the real the real crime, the real corruption, uh, is his business, uh, and yeah. his business uh, uh, with his uncle and his and his family and his father, and uh, and this indictment is brilliant. Uh, again, I, 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 they're, they're, they're brilliant. Right. The left is brilliant. Right. This is let's go after him on taxes. By the way, most Americans are terrified of yes. the IRS, and most Americans, again, not the very wealthy who have 
tax attorneys and lobbyists and public affairs firms, but your average citizen probably doesn't know whether or not they did their taxes. hundred percent. Absolutely true. All right. So now, so they're going and that's, after- And by the way, that's by design, but yes, go ahead. All right. So they're yeah. going after Hunter Biden over, he failed to file. He fa- and most Americans are like, oh, oh mm-hmm. man. I mean, did I do this? Am yes. I guilty of this? And so it's purposeful that they're going after him on taxes because th- that means they won't go after him on the real c- corruption, which is- Foreign governments and entities and, buying influence again, with the Biden family. It's about the narrative Uber Alice, right? It's about protecting the narrative about Hunter Biden. Um, because in the end, right, let's say we get five, 10 years down the road and we're looking at once again examining Joe Biden's time as vice president, which is really what we should be talking about and what Joe Biden did as vice president and then afterwards, yeah. and his then lying about it when he was president of the United States. You know, instead, what the pushback will always be by the left. Well, Hunter Biden was never charged with this and never charged Joe Biden with this. So really, uh, you know, where's where's the corruption here? Uh, And we need to know these things. And Andrew, you don't think this is a play? This is this is the this is the, 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 the Department of Justice, his attorneys, the Biden family. They're all in. Yeah, let's let's charge them on tax issues, tax yeah. evasion, because ultimately, look, this is. Ultimately, he can hopefully look. I don't think he should go to jail for tax evasion. Right. He should pay his taxes, pay fines, have a payment a payment plan, and get it done. Yes. Right. But he perhaps Joe Biden uh, should lose uh, the presidency because he is corrupt. That's because, the central issue here. Yes. We know Hunter Biden will never, ever turn around and betray his dad. Not that I would want him to betray his dad. You know, we know that, and that's not what this is all about. But right? he doesn't you, have to, right? Yes. There's, you know, I love it how the left keeps on saying CNN and the left and the Democrats, you know, Adam Schiff and others. Adam Schiff, who is still telling us that he had evidence of collusion between Putin and Trump, candidate yes. Trump, uh, he, he's now saying that there is no evidence that Joe Biden was corrupted or that there was, uh, he's involved in business dealings. Well, we have payments and yes. bank records and we have phone calls and we have, we have uh, eyewitness testimony. Uh, again, it's, it's, it's bizarre. And this then comes back to the selfishness of Kevin McCarthy and others in terms of changing oh, the shape. But changing the shape, my point is changing the shape and the size of the Republican majority. Because, you know, they had the uh, resolution passed yesterday about the, you know, an impeachment investigation into Joe Biden. Right. So you have the indictment coming and that's one sort of a smokescreen in all of this. But you have the investigation. But if the Republicans lose the House of Representatives in the fall, which is entirely possible um, for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is redistricting in New York, then all of this goes away. And and that's that's a problem. Yeah. And and, yeah. and again, there's no. The, I, I don't understand what what Matt Gates did. Yeah. Yes, I mean I have no problem with with pushing. You're leadership. talking about with Santos, or what do you what do you talk? I don't. Yeah, which which with, thing that with, Matt Gates did? Uh, pushing McCarthy out of the speech. Oh, McCarthy out of speakership. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yes. So now, now since since Gates did this, the majority has gone to what? It was plus five. Now plus it's five plus three. It's, yeah, and and obviously it'll be plus two once. Uh, I don't know what happens with Patrick McCann. Well, the, the yeah. point of it is, yeah. it's a. And, and, and I'm sorry, maybe I'm the outlier here. I think it's a fool's errand to go down the, the path of, of an impeachment investigation because here's the thing. Um, 
Joe Biden is corrupt. He's yeah. absolutely corrupt. The evidence points to corruption. But it's corruption that happened prior to the presidency. So what should happen is he should, uh, he should, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the Justice Department that should investigate. Uh, and, I, I and agree. But on the other hand, if, if nobody be, else they, is going to do the investigation, Jerry, I mean, at the very least, a, 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 an impeachment proceeding is different than the impeachment trial. I get it, but we you, you, yeah. you, and I both understand yeah. that most Americans will view this as it's just it's partisan. Which I understand, yeah. I understand that, but nevertheless, you know, again, to me, this this needs to be done. Jerry, listen, we're running down on time yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got a lot of fill in work coming up. Uh, um, uh, what's what's going on? You just recorded so, another so episode. Yeah, so on, on, on WBAL, on yeah. WBAL, you can get the app. You can listen to it on your device. I'll be on Friday, uh, the fourteenth, uh, ten to two. Monday the 18th, 10 to 2, uh, uh, the 19th, December 19th, 10 to 2. And of course, uh, I have this quaint little show on Sundays at WBAL uh, 7 to 10, uh, the Jerry Rogers show. I say this, it started out as I'm, I was having some self-deprecating fun. It is the most important Sunday show anyone can listen to, uh, WBAL 7 a.m., and then, of course, and we you have can, the... You can, you can, and you can get the podcast version of it. You don't have to listen yeah, to it. Yeah, get the podcast. Sunday, yeah. and, and, uh, and, then the, and then we have the Federal Newswire's Business of America. I have some really good guests coming up, including uh, Peter Pitts, former associate commissioner at FDA. We talk about the business of healthcare. Excellent. And it's really fascinating stuff in terms of, of, of what's happening in healthcare, how much it costs a, a, a drug to market. Uh, and also, how do we follow the science and not politicians? So lots of good stuff coming up. What about yourself? Yeah, so uh, so obviously we've got uh, um, uh, the latest episodes of the Lunch Hour Federal Newswire. This week it's with my old boss, Roger Marzula, a property rights attorney, extraordinaire, constitutional lawyer, former associate attorney general in charge of the Environment Division at Justice. Next week it's Phil Kirpin, the president of American Commitment, someone we That's both great. know Phil and love. Awesome. Uh, got some great episodes coming up and really fascinating discussions. Carol Markowitz, uh, Cliff May. By the uh, way, I have to stop right there. Yeah. Uh, you told me that you interviewed. Uh, I'm interviewing. I haven't interviewed her yet. Yeah. All right. That is a good get. And Thank let, you. let me tell you, if if our listeners to the Andrew and Jerry Save the World podcast aren't also going to the Federal Newswire, you're crazy. Yeah, you have because, to. Because these are very serious guests. And, and essentially what, what Andrew's doing with his policy-centric show and what I'm doing with my business-centric show at uh, the Federal Newswire is we're, we're framing these issues in such a way to make them more understandable and also, hopefully, uh, to make them actionable. Yep. That we'll see good policy uh, and good politics and good business in the future. Absolutely. And so uh, I'm also doing some fill-in work on the radio uh, uh, next week, all of next week, and then the first three days of the following week. Where? 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 where uh, I'm in. I'm about to say it. I'm in for Larry O'Connor on WMAL. Uh, O'Connor. You buried the lead five, there, Langer. 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. Uh, and then again on January 1st. So New Year's Day. All will not be quiet on New Year's Day, Jerry. I'm in for Larry O'Connor that day. And then the week between Christmas and New Year, I'm in for Tony Katz. WIBC. You can get all of that online. Uh, Jerry, what do you want folks to do? Uh, find the truth. Please. Plant your feet. Stand firm. God bless you. Have a great week, everybody. Have fun. And please stay safe.